hears and answers prayer. He hears and answers prayer. He meets our need. I'm glad that you're here today. I know there's a lot of people here that's by, by invite of a friend, a family member, uh, for whatever reason, whoever invited you. We are tickled to death that you are here today. And, and, and I'm just going to be frank and I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, the reason that you're here today is we want you to like us. How many of y'all remember, how many of y'all remember when you was a kid and you'd pass the note and you'd have the little box there and, and it says, if you like me, check yes. If you like me, check no. How many of y'all remember that? Well, we're going to pass out a card for all of our first-time attenders today, but you're only going to get one box. You got to like us, amen? Listen, we thank you for coming today. We appreciate it. And, and I'm not lying about that. We do want you to like us. We want you to be here. We want you to want to come back. And I hope you have enjoyed yourself so far. I hope you have been blessed. Uh, we're not here to entertain. We're here to encourage. We're here to bless. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. But the world we live in is a difficult place to live. It's full of sorrow, it's full of pain, it's full of hurt, and full of difficulty. And this is an oasis where we can come out of that rat race. We can come out of that, that dog-eat-dog world, that kill-or-be-killed mentality out there, come into a place and refresh and encourage each other, lift each other up, and find some help from the Lord. Say amen. 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 Thank you for coming today. If you have your Bibles, look in James chapter number 4 in verse number 13. Verse number 13, <clears throat> let me say it is good to be in the house of the Lord. This is my favorite place of all to be of anywhere, and, uh, and I hope you feel the same way too. James chapter 4 and verse number 13. Have you found your spot? Say amen. amen. It says, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain." Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? What is your life? What a question. It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. I, I've, been, I've been told as, as I was growing up in church that many times the illustration is used is like when you're in the shower, maybe you're taking a hot shower and that, that vapor that goes on the mirror where you can't see yourself and, and, and you look there and there it is. It's there. It's, 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 it's readily available to see. You see the vapor. But in just a, just a short while, just a few minutes, it's gone. Our lives are like a vapor. It's here for a short time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings, and all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Let me go back to verse 14. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. Now read this, this question with me. For what is your life? Say that again. For That's the question that I'd like to answer today. What is your life father thank you lord for the crowd today thank you for the spirit today thank you for the truth of your word now lord i believe i have the message that you want me to deliver but god i need your spirit and unction to bring it forth god i need you to speak through me not because i deserve it but because i desperately need it and lord i pray that everyone here can hear 
what God wants them to know today. Holy Spirit, speak to every single heart. There are so many different people in this room and so many different needs in this room. I don't have the ability to meet them all, but you do. And I pray that you'll speak to every single heart. I pray your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. At first glimpse, at first glimpse when you read these verses, uh, you read the verses and it, and it talks about some merchant men, possibly, possibly James is, is, is walking by a marketplace or he's walking by a, a, a place of business and he overhears, he overhears people talking about their plans. They are planning a business venture. They are planning uh, to go into a place and sell and buy and get gain and, 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 and how long they're going to stay and how long they're going to be there. And, and, and all of that, at first glimpse, it seems like, you know, what's the big deal about that? I think a person should plan. I think it's a wise thing to plan. There's nothing wrong with making plans. Would you agree with me right there? A matter of fact, I think some of us need to do a little more planning in our lives. We'd have a whole lot less frustration and aggravation. Now, I'm not, I'm not a planner. I'm a doer. Are y'all with me? And God has put me with a planner. And it is my purpose in life to drive her crazy. Say amen. I can get in the car today and go get gas and drive to California. Tammy has to rotate the tires. She has to get the oil check. She has to do it. Not me. Hey, man, let's go. Let's get it on. If it's still running, let's pour it to it. Say amen. Do I have any goers in here? Do I have any goers? Amen. Are you married to planners? We have marriage counseling on Fridays <laughs> and Thursdays to help you with that. Amen. There's nothing wrong with planning. I, I, I think we should do a lot more. I should. I, I, I agree. There's no doubt about it. I should do more planning and thinking things out or thinking things through. But I don't believe that's the issue that we're dealing with in this particular chapter because he is really sincerely uh, trying to help them. And I'm thinking, what problem does he have with planning? And it is not planning that he has a problem with because the Bible says in the multitude of counsel there is safety. All through the Bible, the Bible teaches us that we should get help, we should get advice, we should get counsel, we should do planning. So that's not the issue. The issue is this. They were being presumptuous. They were being presumptuous. They were presuming. What what does that mean? Here's the thing, just to make it in simple terms. They were planning their life without factoring God in in the equation. In other words, they were making plans without even, without even consulting God, without even thinking about God, without even, even considering God's will in the matter, going through life without God. And how foolish is it to go through life without God? Go through life without consulting God. Go through life without thinking about what He wants for our life. And, and you say, uh, well, I don't understand the big deal. It's my life. Well, you hear that a lot. Bon Jovi came out with a song, It's My Life. Uh, Frank Sinatra, he sung the song, I Did It My Way. We live in a society where we want it my way. I don't have to answer to nobody. I don't have to ask nobody's opinion. I don't care what nobody else thinks about me. This is my life, and I'm going to do it the way I want to do it, and so forth and so on. Am I right? And, and so that's the mentality that we, we have today. It's my life. Uh... <laughs> I was reading a story. There was an officer in the Navy who had always dreamed of commanding a battleship. He finally achieved that dream and was given commission of the newest and proudest ship in the fleet. 
One stormy night as the ship plowed through the seas, the captain was on duty on the bridge. When off to the port, he spotted a strange light rapidly closing with his own vessel. Immediately, he ordered the signalman to flash the message to the unidentified craft, alter your course 10 degrees to the south. Only a moment had passed before the reply came, alter your course 10 degrees to the north. Determined that his ship would take back seat to no other, the captain snapped out the order to be sent, alter course 10 degrees, I am the captain. The response being back, alter your course 10 degrees, I am seaman third class Jones. Now he's mad. Now he's infuriated. Listen, the captain grabbed the signal light with his own hands and fired off. Alter your course, I am a battleship. The reply came back, alter your course, I am a lighthouse. (laughs) What is the moral of this story? I don't care how big and bad you are. Are y'all with me? One day, one day, we are going to give account for our lives. What is your life? What a question. What a question. There's so many questions in the Bible. I I, I was laying in bed this morning, and and, and I woke up real early, and and I don't really understand the logic of... uh, uh, having an alarm clock that, that goes off like three hours before you're, you're planning to get up and it goes off every 30 minutes and, 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 and why don't you just set it when you're getting up, say amen. Needless to say, it wasn't my alarm clock. Amen right there. So uh, I'm laying there, I'm laying there trying to go back to sleep and thinking at the same time and God's just stirring stuff in my heart and my mind and, and, and I begin to think about some other questions in the Bible that you read. One question, one question was asked by Jesus. Uh, it, they were they was talking to people who were so busy, so busy making a fortune or becoming wealthy that they did not think about what's going to happen after they die. You know, we're so busy today, thinking about today and what we have today and everything that they're not thinking about eternity. And this is what he said. What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world? What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world? In other words, if the whole world was at his doorstep, if he had everything this world has to offer, what will it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Well, that's a question to ponder. In other words, you spend your whole life on this earth, you spend your whole life on this earth to gain everything this earth has to offer, guess what? No matter what, you're still going to leave this earth. Then here's another question to ponder. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he is, he is, he is asking them, what are the people saying about him? What are the people, who do the people think he is? He says, whom do, who, whom do the men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And, and, and they replied, some say thou art Elias. Some say thou art one of the prophets. And some even think that you're John the Baptist, come back from the dead. But here's the most important question. Jesus says, it doesn't matter what they say, who do you say that I am? You see, that's the question we're all going to have to answer. Everybody on this planet is going to have to answer the question, what do you think of Christ? Who do you think Christ is? Do you think he's just a prophet? Do you think he was just a good man? Do you think he's the figment of someone's imagination? Do you think he's a fairy tale? Who do you say? You see these questions that have to be answered. 
These questions that are so important. What do you think of Christ? But today's question, and I'm going to try to answer it at the end of this, and I'm going to go quick, I'm going to go quick. I'm going to try to give you a, 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 the, the most simple answer to the question, what is your life? What is life all about? If you go to a bookstore, you'll find tons of books. The purpose of life, the purpose of living, finding the true life. What is life all about? And you, different cultures, different religions will tell you this, will tell you that. Uh, different cultures or religions will tell you that this is one of many lives. You'll just come back and reincarnate into something else. If you're a bad guy, you'll, you'll, you'll go back as a flea or a mosquito. Or How foolish is that? What is your life? What is life? Well, let's answer that today. Here in this chapter, you'll find that he responds in this way. Right after, right after or right before he asks the question, what is your life? He tells us something about it. There's two things, really, he shares with us about life. Two things. What we don't know and then what we do know. What does he say? He says this. You do not know what the morrow Whole. So the first thing, if you're writing these down, if you're taking notes, write this down. I want you to see, number one, I want you to see the mystery of life. The mystery of life. How many of y'all have lived long enough to understand life is unpredictable? I mean, I mean here's presuming. You're, you're thinking something is going to be some way just because of probability. I, I, wrote the, I wrote the definition down. Supposing that something is the case on the basis of probability. How many times have we woke up in the, in the morning and expected, expected life just to go on like normal, every day just like normal, the sun's going to come up just like normal, it's going to go down just like normal, you're going to go to work just like normal, you're going to come home just like normal, you're going to eat your dinner just like normal, you're going to hang out with friends just like normal, and then something take place. You thought everything was going to be the same, everything was going to be normal, probably everything, but then you get a phone call from the doctor. Then, then you get a phone call from the coroner. Then there is a tragic car accident. Then something takes place that rocks your world and turns your life upside down. You go to work like normal and you come home and you think your family's going to be there and they've left you for good. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. Life is unpredictable. It says, boast not thyself of the morrow, for you don't know what the morrow holds. You know what James is telling? He's saying, you're trying to plan out a whole year, and you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And how many times have we, have we said, I'm going to get around to something? We procrastinate. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, one day, I'm going to, I'm going to, how many of y'all with me? Come on, get with me. Don't leave me hanging on this one. And we just, we just assume that we're going to have an opportunity to witness to a friend. We assume we're going to have the opportunity to do whatever that we've been procrastinating. And we have no idea what the morrow holds. And here we live a life without including God in the equation. Here we try to plan our life without asking God His counsel or His wisdom. Here we have the one who knows it all and knows what's going to happen tomorrow. He knows what's going to happen next month. He knows what's going to happen next year. He knows the end from the beginning. He's Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And we sit here and we try to plan our life assuming we know what's going to happen. What is your life? I tell you, your life is mysterious. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what's going to take place. We don't know what... Now, I know what you're thinking. Lord, don't say nothing else. I'm scared to death as it is. 
We don't know what's going to happen with the election. We don't know what's going to happen with the economy. We don't know what's going to happen to them crazy dictators on the other side of the world that has, has the opportunity to hit a button and shoot nuclear things our way. We don't know what's going to happen with none of that. You say, preacher, why should we be encouraged? You're scaring me to death because I know the one that does. You don't have to be afraid of what you don't know if you know the one that knows. Man. I want to talk some more about that, but I don't have time. Amen. How many of you ever been in a fearful situation and maybe it was, maybe it was driving a vehicle or maybe it was a, 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 in a boat in a storm? I, I heard a story of two little, two little fellas on a cruise ship. And, man, they was in the worst storm they'd ever been in their life. And, 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 and the one little fella, he's scared to death. I'm talking about he's just terrified. And the other little fella, he's just playing with his toy. He said, Bubba, what's wrong with you? Ain't you scared? He said, uh-uh. He said, why aren't you scared? He said, because my daddy's the captain. He didn't know what was going to happen, but he knew the one that did. Amen? Listen, our life is a mystery. It really is. It's a mystery. Don't, don't, try, to, don't try to plan your life or, or live your life without the one who knows what's going to happen. It's a mystery. But then, then life, he says this. It's like a vapor. It's here for a little while and then vanisheth away. Life is not only a mystery. Life is brief. Life is brief. Life is so short. Life is so short. I was thinking about, hey, hey let me ask y'all a question. Why, why, do, why does it take a funeral before we'll start thinking about life? Why, why does it take sitting in a doctor's office waiting for the consultation of the test to come back? Why does it take that for us to stop and slow down and think about life? And to think how brief life is. If you don't think life is brief, go to, the, go to the graveyards and look at the tombstone and look at the dates on there. Are y'all with me? Life is brief. Listen, I, I was, the Bible says, the Bible says in, in, in Psalms 90 verse 12, it says, teach us to number our days. You know how we number? By years. How many of y'all have realized that the older you get, the faster they come? I remember when I was 10 or 11, I didn't think I'd ever make it to 16. And I was so afraid that Jesus was going to come back before I turned 16. I'd never get to drive a car. Before I was 18 or before I got married, I said, please, Jesus, wait till after I get married, then you can come back. And I'm praying, and Tammy's praying, come back, Lord, please, come back, Jesus. I know my wife's prayer. She's praying to get out of this thing. Amen. <laughs> the Bible says don't, don't number by years. Number by days. Teach us to number our days. In other words, we're to live one day at a time. We're to live each day to the fullest. I, I, I quoted this verse. I quoted this verse. I didn't really mean to. I didn't know what kind. I, I didn't expect the response that I got. I meet, I meet with our one strong group. <clears throat> our one strong group is our widows in the church. 
and we meet the first Friday of every single month, and, and we meet for fellowship, and, 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 and we'll, it, we'll eat some donuts, or they'll eat donuts in front of me. They're just that type of people. <clears throat> they know I'm on a diet, but they're going to eat it anyway. Uh, and, and, and we'll meet together, and we'll have devotions, and, and just have a big time. I'm telling you, uh, them ladies are a hoot. They make me blush every single time. They say stuff, I just can't even, I can't even say it, amen. It, it, anyway, we're sitting in there, we're sitting in there, we're having a big time. I'm going through the, the devotion and teaching the lesson I had, and, and, and I'm talking about this, I'm talking about life, and, and, and what God has given, the gift of life, and that type of thing. And I said, listen, our life is limited. Our life is limited. The Bible says in Psalms 90:10, the days of our years are threescore years and ten. That means seventy. Three scores, three times 20 plus 10, that's 70. And if by reason of strength they be four score years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow is soon cut off and we fly away. And I was saying, listen, what God has given us is 70 years. That's it. And if maybe, if we're lucky, to 80. And it got quiet. And I thought a minute, and all of a sudden I heard, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. And I thought about what I said. I said, yeah, but y'all are different. Uh-oh, <laughs> hey. Think about it. Think about it. Say it is 80. When I was 10 years old, I thought 80 was ancient. Matter of fact, as far as that's concerned, I thought 40 was ancient. And 40 the new 18. Do I have a witness? Life is flying. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here, and I, I see my daughter in North Carolina posting pictures of her husband and them and, and stinking Alabama shirts and just, just sinners, <laughs> God-awful people. <clears throat> Y'all pray that she's the prodigal child, pray that she comes home and gets the sin out of her life. Amen, Nikki Joe. Amen. And I see, I see her in that picture and stand there with her husband, and they look so cute and all that. And it was just like, in, in five seconds, it seemed like two days ago, I was coming out of the delivery room, holding her up to the world, and said, this is Jordan Leneve Carter. And now she's married and on her own. Preacher, what's the point? Time is flying. Time is brief. Your life is brief. Your life is short. Don't live your life without God because you don't have much of it. I, 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 saw, a, I saw a T-shirt, and it was probably something that was supposed to be funny, and, and they, they, it probably had no spiritual content to it whatsoever, but it, it still made a whole lot of sense. It's not that life is so short. It's that you're dead so long. I told you you didn't have no spiritual, but you get it. I know who I'm preaching to. Amen. In other words, it's not that the time on earth is so short. It's that the the time after we leave is so long. Eternity's forever. What is? Say we do get 80 years. Say we get 120 years. What is that compared to eternity? What is your life? It's brief. We're only here for a short time. Let me give you the third one and we'll pray. He, he, he brings up the point. 
you know, he's not saying don't plan. He's not saying that. When you put all the verses together, he's not saying don't have ideas. He says he's not saying don't plan your future or plan your business. You know, that, that, that's not the issue. Look what he says in the, in, the, in the verses following. He says, this is what you ought to say. This is what you ought to say. Verse 15, for that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. What is he saying? You need to, uh, you need to include the Lord's will in your life equation. You need to put God in on this thing. Are y'all with me? Now, why should we include God in our planning and in our life and in the equation that we have? Why should we do that? Let me, let me, give you, let me save you a bunch of money. If y'all, if y'all are curious about the purpose of life and all that, you don't have to go to Amazon. You don't have to go to Books A Million. You don't have to make some goober rich that don't even know what he's talking about. Say amen. I'm going to just go ahead and give you the purpose of life right here in the house of God today, right here. Save you some money. If you want to tip me, that's fine. I'm not going to. It'll go to our coon hunting fund. Say amen, Brother Steve, right there. We got fun. We're, go fund me. We're going to fund our coon hunting adventures. We're going to start our own reality show. Amen? Humphreys and Carters are us. Amen? <laughs> Let me tell you what life's all about. It starts in Revelation chapter 4, verse, I believe, 11. This is the praise, this is the song that's being sung. It is being said to this. It says, Thou art worthy. This is the song we're going to sing when we get to heaven. Thou art worthy, for thou hast created all things. And now watch. And all things were created for thy pleasure. They are and were created. What is he saying? Everything that you see all around you was created by God for God. Listen. Listen, God was not there for you. You were there for Him. There is so much false theology in this, in this world being taught, being preached, that, hey, that, that, that we're, the, we're the center of the universe and God is there at our beck and call. He, no, 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 no. You've got it totally wrong. You've got it totally messed up. We are here. We were created for the glory of God. We were created by the will of God. It was God's idea. It was God's planning. God is the one that did it. You are here on this planet because there is a divine sovereign God in heaven who chose and decided to put you here. He decided everything about you, who you are, what you are. He breathed into your nostrils a breath of life and you became a living soul. We're here because of God. Listen, watch, watch. So, so if, if my life is for the purpose of His will, to accomplish His will, to glorify Him, you know what, you know what the Bible says in the book of Psalms? I love this. This is, this is an awesome verse. The Bible says in Psalm uh, 19, 1 through 3, the heavens, what is that? The creation of God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right? There's no question about that. It, listen, intelligent design. When you see what the earth is, when you see the creation, it, the creation says there is a creator. Let me tell you something. It takes a whole lot more faith to believe that, that, that this world just, there it is. Matter of fact, it takes insanity to believe that. If you think you came from a monkey, you got issues. You say, why do you think that? You don't believe in evolution? No, I don't believe in evolution. 
Why? Because monkeys would still be turning into men. Now, ladies, we don't need no comments right there, all right? Are y'all with me? God created everything. God spoke this world into existence for his purpose, for his design, for his desire. Now, watch what it says that the creation is doing. Psalms 19, 1 through 3. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day other speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. What does that mean? All over the planet, all over the planet, the moon, the stars, the sky, listen, the mountains and the oceans and the seas and the great barrier reefs and, and the fishes and all the living creatures are declaring that there is a God. Not only that there is a God, He is a big God. He is a great God. He is a wonderful God. This whole earth, you can't see the sun and not say, wow, what a creator. You can't see the moon and not say, wow, what a creator. You can't look at everything that the hands of God has made and not think that we don't have a glorious God and a wonderful God. No matter who you are, no matter what language you speak, all you got to do is open your eyes and see God. They're declaring the glory of God. Listen, they're pointing to a creator. They're pointing to God. And guess what? That is your job too. Just as the stars and the sun and the moon are pointing to God and glorifying Him and making Him look majestic, our job is to do the same. Let me give you a verse. Let me give you a verse. The Bible says this. Ephesians 1, verse 11. <clears throat> in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated. In other words, God planned this. Being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of of God what's the point you take all those verses and you put all those verses together and this is what they are saying this is the message this is the message that all of creation including you and me are to bring and point to a creator we're to bring glory to God when, you, when, he, when these ladies and gentlemen was up here signing, I was thinking about how big God is. In the eye of the storm. I've been in the eye of storms. I grew up in South Florida. I've been in hurricanes. I know all about all that stuff. I know how bad they can be. I know how horrible they can be. Y'all remember when the tornado tore through, tore through uh, uh, Coleman and, and the devastation that it brought? And that there is a God who can bring peace in the midst of the storm. Man, while they were singing, I was thinking about how awesome our God is. Every song the choir sung, every song the choir sung was telling me how big our God is. The life you live and the words you speak and the things that you do should point to a God who can, a God who is there. Your purpose of life is to fulfill the will of God in your life. Not go through wasting it. Not, not go through and not even considering him at all. You say, well, what's the big deal? The big deal is this. 
It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this to judgment. One day we're all going to die. Unless Jesus tarries is coming. Listen, we're, we're all going to die. If Jesus comes back, I'm ready to go. Amen. But if he doesn't, if he tarries his coming, we're going to die. We can try to avoid it. We, we, it so I'm just not going to a funeral home. I don't want to think about that. Well, you better start. How many of y'all, y'all have ever played hide and seek? Y'all play hide and seek? Y'all play hide and seek in the balcony? Uh, when, you remember you're supposed to count to 100, and this is how you do it. 1, 2, 3, 4, 27, 52, 50. You know, you cheated. Say amen. Now, here's what happened. 97, 98, 99, 100. Guess what? That day's coming. Ready or not? Let me give you the definition of life. And this is just what God spoke to my heart about. The simplest definition to life. You go to a, you go to a, a, a graveyard and on the tombstone... You'll have two dates. You'll have an early date and a late date. You'll have 1947 and, and 1966 or 2010, whatever. You have a beginning. You have an end. You have an arrival and you have a departure. And there's usually a dash in between those numbers. That's your life. Now, here's the thing. Life is unpredictable, so we don't know what that date is. We don't know what that appointment is. So here's, here's the definition God gave me to answer this question. Life. I put this in my notes. Life equals. Life equals. Watch this. The allotted time on earth given to us by God for the purpose of bringing Him glory. The allotted time on earth given to us by God for the purpose of bringing Him glory. Now, here's a lot about life I don't understand. There's a, there's a lot about the way God does things that I don't understand, and, I, and I'm not going to be able to understand. Because He said His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways, Right? What he does is a lot bigger and, and, and a lot more powerful than anything we could think. So our finite mind is not going to be, un, be able to understand an infinite God. But I do know this. Everybody has a different allotment of time. Some people do have the 70 years. Some people have 16 years. Some people have 7 years. Our piano player... Our piano player on this side, her little boy named Aaron, fought leukemia. And he, and he went to heaven at seven years old. Seven years old. We prayed as a church. We'd done all kind of things. In our Acts class Thursday night, we discussed, we discussed the fact that in the same chapter, matter of fact, in, in, in a matter of two verses, 
God allowed James to die and be executed, but he delivered Peter supernaturally. And boy, what a question to ask. Why would God let one die and he would let one live? Why do you pray so hard for one and it seems like God delivers them and God heals them in a miraculous way and everybody gets excited and then you pray for another one and it seems like they get worse and die? Because sometimes we fail to understand that everyone's got an allotted time. And everyone's time is not the same. Everyone's time is different. God gives some seven. God gives some 17. God gives some 70. God gives some 110. But whatever it is, our purpose is to glorify God in the allotted time that we have. Little Aaron was a witness to the, the nurses and the doctors. As we encouraged him and visited him, it would blow your mind. Matter of fact, I will say this with a guarantee that he, he glorified God more in his seven years than some do in a lifetime. Let me ask you a question. And we're through. What are you doing with your life? What are you doing with your life? Are you wasting your life? What are you doing with your life? Because one day it's appointed unto man wants to die, and after this, the judgment. One day we're going to stand before the God who gave us the gift of life. We're going to stand before the God who gave us an allotted time to bring Him glory, and He's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? Are you, are you is God in the equation? When you think about life, when you're planning your life, when you're living your life, is God even in the equation? Because one day you're going to stand before Him. One day you're going to answer to Him. One day you're going to give account for every single thing that God has done for you and God has given you and the opportunities and the privilege that God has given you. One day we're going to stand before a holy God. And He's going to say, what did you do with the life that I gave you? Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Consider God in the equation. So how do I do that? Well, the first thing you do is acknowledge Him in salvation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all thy ways. Acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy path. The very first thing, the very most important thing that anybody could do to factor God in the equation of your life is to submit and surrender to Him for salvation. Why? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved you say preacher there was a day i called on his name and i prayed i prayed and and, and i meant it and i've just i've just kind of gotten away and i haven't i haven't followed through i've kind of strayed away that's fine that's fine as long as you know the way back that ain't no problem they say, oh, but I've been the prodigal, and I've done, I've done been all the way to the hog pen, as long as you know the dirt road back. Say, so what do you mean the dirt road back? That road back leads you to a waiting father with his arms wide open. Matter of fact, he'll run to meet you. 
you'll find this altar and say, God, I'm sorry. I guarantee you, he'll be at this altar before you get here, like this. He's waiting on you. If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ, I want to invite you to today. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. No one looking around. <clears throat> every head bowed and every eye closed. <clears throat> you say, preacher, I've never trusted Christ. I've never even thought about it. 